Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. All right, now we have a lot more stuff to go through, but I thought this would be a really good time to start kind of explaining to you how to approach the fretboard from a relative pitch perspective of figuring out songs by ear. Now we're going to learn about scales and we're going to talk about logic and all these sorts of things. But when I first started learning how to play songs by ear, I didn't understand anything about the major scale and, you know, all of these different things. Basically, I lived in the power chord world and I just tried to figure out things by power chord. And I'll tell you why that initially was a benefit for me. If you're trying to figure out a song, let's try, let's just say you're trying to figure out a song by Iron Maiden or Nirvana or whoever it might be. Again, I would avoid Dream Theater or, you know, complex Rush songs or something like that to begin with. If you've never done this before, start with something easy like a Ramones tune, right? That you know is really straightforward. Um, or a Tom Petty tune or something like that, that you know has got, um, it, you know, it isn't way too fast. There aren't 385 different chords. It's pretty straightforward, okay? Now, that's it's a, it's a big generalization, but you got to get used to trying to do this. If you're going to play by ear, try and find something that's more a slower tempo and doesn't seem like to your ear anyway at this point, it has 400 different chord changes. Now, we're going to get to analysis of songs and stuff later too, but just kind of keep that in mind. So when I first started learning to play songs by ear, I didn't understand anything about theory, anything about scales. All I knew is I could hear things moving down or up, right? So let me show you what I mean. So I'm going to switch to distortion here for this example. So let's say I'm listening to a song by, again, at the time, Iron Maiden or Def Leppard or Ozzy or Judas Priest or something like that, or the Scorpions. These are all things I listened to when I was first learning how to play guitar. And I couldn't tell an open versus a bar versus a whatever. I, I didn't have any of that kind of capability. I just, I could hear a sound, right? So I'd hear a sound and then I would go to my guitar and I would start trying to make a power chord and move it around until I could figure out where that sound was, right? So I'd, I'd hear the very first chord of a song. Boom, I'd put the record, yes, a record. I would put the record on and I would hear that sound. So instead of listening to the entire song for five minutes, that's not going to do me any good. I would put the, the needle on the, the record and listen to that very first sound I would hear. Okay. Now, again, if it was all this kind of stuff, that's the wrong song for me. I, I wanted a chord. I wanted something where I could hear a sound, right? Uh, the Ramones, right? That kind of thing. I could hear chords. So I put the needle on and uh, I'd listen to that first sound and then I'd turn it off and I'd go back and listen to it again. And what I would do is I would listen and I would wreck my records by doing this. Nowadays, we don't have to do that. We can just listen to the same thing with Spotify or something like that. But I would wear these songs out by lifting up the needle and putting it back and lifting up and putting it back. But that's how I did this. So I would hear that first sound over and over and over and sort of produce it into for lack of a better way of saying it, kind of a color, something that I could kind of hear in my head. You know, I could almost maybe sing that sound, not five sounds, not 30 seconds of a song, just that first sound that I'm hearing. And then I would go to my guitar and on my sixth string between zero 
and 12, which is an octave, right? I would try and find that sound in my head. So I would go to the guitar. Maybe I'd have to play it again. Okay, there it is, there it is. I don't know the name, right? I don't know anything about what I'm doing. I don't know if it's major or minor. I'm just finding a power chord. I can figure out the major and minor element later if I need to, but I find that sound. And then I hear the second sound. What's the second sound? And I always liked early rock and metal stuff for this because they were a lot of power chords and I could hear the motion of down and up, which is what I'm talking about right now. D does the second sound go down from where I'm at or does the second sound go up from where I'm at, right? Now, I might be able to think intervallically. When I was a kid, I didn't even know what an interval was. So all I knew was relative distance. I'd hear a sound. Okay, the next sound to me sounds like it goes down. And again, I wouldn't just jot, I would, I would listen to that sound over and over and over until I developed, yeah, it is going down. And does it sound like it's really close by or does it sound like it's further away down, right? Because again, intervals didn't make any sense to me. I didn't, I didn't know what they were anyway. So I'm listening for distance and I'm listening. It goes down. It sounds like in my head, it's going down. And I could, I always call it uh, digging deep, but I could go, I could take, when I was listening to a song, I could scratch out any of the vocals. I could, I could scratch out what the bass was doing. I could just center my attention to that guitar part and just listen to that. And I still can. Like I teach people all the time to try and learn to do that. Don't get distracted by lyrics. Don't, don't be singing along, right? Try and go deep into the song and listen to that sound that you're trying to find. And don't try and listen to a minute and a half of the song because it's too much, right? Just find that thing. And then after a while, maybe you can listen to a little bit more at the same time. But when you first start, just trying to listen to that first sound. So I would have this, okay, and I would play one here. The sound starts, and I would check it. Yep, that, that works. Okay, what's the second sound? Sounds like it's going down. But it doesn't sound like it's very close by. It sounds like it's a little ways away. Nope. That might be right. So then I put the needle back on. Yeah, that works. Okay, so I'd listen to the next sound over and over and over. That one sounds like it's coming back up a little bit, but it's not really far away. That's where, like, Mother by Danzig. Now, back in the day, it wasn't about major or minor. It wasn't about, you know, whether I'm playing it the right way to the tab or some video on YouTube because that didn't even exist. It was what I was hearing. So I was, I was matching what I'm hearing and what I'm knowledgeable of, right? I can't play what I don't know. I mean, if I'm primarily a power chord player, that's what I know, right? So I'm listening for distances and I'm figuring that out. And that's how I'd figure out songs. Now, if the distances were even further away, then that's where I had sixth string and fifth string power chords, right? You think of like um, Rocky Like a Hurricane, for instance, which would be a great one for you to do by ear if you don't watch what I'm going to do right now. Uh, but that one by the Scorpions. Because I could listen to it and hear that first sound and go, okay, well, my sixth string, that sounds too low. Because I can hear, -da -da -da, I can hear this higher sound. So I'd go to my fifth string and do the same thing. 
that was it. And after a while, I got used to that a lot of these bands would always play three, five, and seven more than they'd play, you know, two, four, and six or something like that. Um, just because, you know, and then I learned later it was keys and all that kind of stuff that are pretty common for guitar players to play in. But I'd hear that sound. And then that next sound in Rocky Like a Hurricane was really low. It was really low. Sounded way far away. So, no way. No way. Nope. Nope. Yeah. So, you see, I'd start using even my visualization of like whole steps because a lot of the 80s metal that I listened to, 70s and 80s metal, used a lot of whole step stuff. Not again, it's just a generalization, but that's what life is, is trying to figure out generalizations. Peanut butter goes pretty good with jelly. You know what I mean? Doesn't mean it's always that way, but you just got to try things and figure out what works. So those whole steps really were huge for me, even though I didn't understand what I was doing. And we are going to learn that next. But um, using that visualization of being able to move around really helped me. And then having a relative sense of distance, which is an interval. I just didn't have names for intervals because I didn't understand what a you know, a perfect fifth or something like that was. I had no idea. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. So is it possible to figure out songs by ear, not understanding all of your intervals and knowing those exactly? Yes, it is. Okay. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying we're all different and you got to figure out what works for you. So this idea that I started with was really powerful because I because I didn't have a lot of guitar lessons and the guitar lessons I did have, I wasn't learning this kind of music, which is why I didn't take lessons very long. Um, but I had the ability to, to sit down and listen to something and, and figure it out. Now, later on, you know, uh, I would listen... You know, those kind of sounds took a a lot longer to develop. And I had gone through a lot of different kinds of power chordy progressions before I ever started doing something like Photograph by Def Leppard or something like that. Um, Because that was a different way of looking at the guitar that I wasn't comfortable with. It started with power chords. So my suggestion to you is try and find some bands that you like, or at least you can tolerate, that use more of this power chordy thing to try and figure it out. Now, let's look at the other side of that. Let's go to open chords. I'm going to go back to clean here. G and D and C. And maybe that's more the kind of thing you're into. You like more open chords. You like the sound of G, C, and D and all that sort of thing. Well, if you think about songs that you've played before, and you start, because I do this all the time in my beginning guitar classes, where I'll say, okay, so even though you don't know anything about music, you don't know anything about theory, right? You just started playing guitar. But you've been learning some songs. What chord progressions do you tend to see 
lots of. Like if you if you're playing a G chord, what tends to go with the G chord? And most people say, well, C, right? C tends to go with G or D tends to go with G, which again, we're going to learn about in just a minute. But you're right. G, C, and D go together a lot. We see it all the time. You know, all these kinds of songs. You know, those three chords are like butter. They go together really great, okay? Um, even though we don't know why, we know that they go together. So if I'm trying to figure out a song by ear and I figure out that the main chord is G or the main chord is C or the main chord is D, I might, without any knowledge of, of logic, try a G or a C as the next chord or, or a D, if, depending on which one was my first chord. Now, again, when it comes to those kind of chord progressions, I tend to try and listen. And again, we're going to get to this in just a little bit. Sorry, I keep saying that, but it is true. As I'm listening to a song, do I hear a collection of three or four chords or two chords or something that are doing something repetitively, right? So I hear it over and over and over for a minute or 40 seconds or something like that. And if I do, can I, can I kind of compile all those together in my head and make a motion of sound like G up to C? Sounds like it's raising a little bit, right? C to D, sounds like it's raising again in my head anyway, and D to G sounds like it's dropping back down. But I can hear those chords, even though I might not define a G chord or a C chord. If I'm listening to a song, I don't have perfect pitch, but I can hear a sound that would remind me of G going to C or G going to D, that sort of thing. Um, and so my point is, is that you get used to thinking, use your history and go, well, if I was playing a G chord, what would I expect to hear, right? Now, again, if you don't know the song well enough and you're just trying to play different chords and the song's playing and you're just trying different things, it's really almost impossible to, to make an organization because this is the song is happening in real time and you're just trying everything under the sun while the song's playing. What you have to do is you have to just listen to a little bit of the song and stop. And then listen to that same thing again and stop. Maybe it's one chord, maybe it's two chords, maybe it's three chords, right? This goes for power chords as well. You can only you can only take as much as you can handle and then shut it off and then go to your guitar and go, well, what's the first sound I'm hearing? And once I've developed what that first sound is, okay, now I've got a starting point and I've got a starting block I can work from. What's the second sound? Is it going up? Is it going down? What's happening there? And it takes a while to develop this, to develop this, excuse me, but um those are two kind of different ways of approaching learning songs by ear without a lot of knowledge is learning to hear things moving across the guitar this way or hearing things down in here. Now, it is possible to convert them, right? I might figure out something here moving this way and then convert it into something with open chords and bar chords and whatever I might be using or vice versa. I might figure out something down here and go, oh, that first chord is a D but I can't figure out the second one, so I'm gonna move up to D power chord. Don't worry about major or minor at this point. And that second sound is going down or it's going up. Well, how far down? And I might figure it out here and then leave it there, or I might send it back over to open chords. Like I can use them back and forth to kind of help me figure it out. But the big trick is, is if you can't hear the major and minor isms of your chord or your chord progression, you can always convert it into power chords 
on the sixth string even between zero and 12 and kind of try and figure out the motion of what you're doing. And then once you've kind of figured it out, you could go, okay, let's send that back over into open chords if I choose to and fig- is it major or is it minor? What's going on here, right? Or maybe you make them into bar chords. I mean, there's lots of options for this. So again, this is why the best thing that you can do is if you're really trying to learn ear training, you don't go to YouTube and figure it out or find the tabs because you're not doing ear training anyway, right? You got to listen to something and try and really hear one of two things. Movement, is it going down? Is it going up? Is it going down a little bit? Is it going down a lot? Is it going up a lot, right? And then try and apply that to something that you know on your guitar. Power chords are a great way of approaching this to begin with. And then if you want to, Again, you, maybe open chords are a better way for you. For me, it was both. I mean, if I was listening to the Eagles, I was, in my mind, I was more apt to use open chords than I was power chords. If I was listening to Dio, right, I was more apt to use power chords than open chord or open chords. You know, not that they don't both use different things. Of course they do. But it just made sense in my head. The style of music told me, Oh, if it's more metal, I'm probably going to use more power chords or it makes sense in my visualization of my guitar. If it's Tom Petty, I'm probably going to try and figure it out more in the open chord forum because that makes more sense for the style of music it is. Does it always work? No, but but it's a great place to at least start and see what I can do. So this is a great opportunity for you to take a break from what you're learning right now in this course, study your intervals a little bit, study the sounds of the major and minor chords a little bit, and maybe just grab something by Neil Young or Tom Petty or the Eagles or an 80s kind of thing, you know, Green Day, any kind of punk sorts of things, whether you like Green Day or not, they're great places to start because they're more simple. They're not so complex. You know, the further you go down the complexity of a band that does a lot or their songs are really long or there's lots of parts or whatever. I, I think that's wonderful, but in ear training to start, there is a really difficult thing and you're going to find yourself getting frustrated a lot. Cause you're like, I'm just overwhelmed. Okay. This takes a while to develop all these things. So it's always better to start with something slower and more simple in terms of how many chords there are, how many chord progressions there are. Um, and again, not that you know all that at this point, But as you start moving, you know, dabbling with this stuff a little bit, you start figuring out, well, obviously Green Day is going to be a little more simple than Dream Theater, right? Or or whatever the case may be, you know, Led Zeppelin tends to have a lot of things going on in their songs. Um, But if you really like Led Zeppelin, then find one that doesn't seem like it's a lot, just power chords, right? Right, good times, bad times. I mean, maybe you don't do the whole song, but you listen to the beginning and go, hey, I think I could figure that out or the beginning a whole lot of love. Oh, well, maybe I could figure that out, right? Or communication break, you know, whatever it might be. But if you're listening to maybe the end of Stairway to Heaven's a good one for you to look at for the solo, the da-da-da-da-da, something like that, where the beginning, the whole, I'm not asking you to figure all that out by ear because that's, again, maybe you will, Right, I'm not being negative, but don't start there. Start with something more simple. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. So, okay, let's go ahead and get started. So Christian says, this is, I'm going back to the the spreadsheet here that you guys had written your questions on. So Christian says, what are some techniques for creative, creating effective chord progressions? Well, 
it depends on what you mean by effective chord progressions, right? I mean, to be honest with you, the most effective chord progressions are the most common ones. Hey, Rich, right? So when you make G, D, C, like if you deal with your, your primary six chords, right? One, four, five being major, two, three, five, or two, three, six, excuse me, being minor. Those are probably, honestly, the most effective chord progressions because that's what every song is written off of, or most songs, right? If you want to get creative, then you got to step outside that box. And one thing that I've always loved, hey, Warren, one thing I've always loved about the guitar is that the guitar lends itself really well to exploration. Like, you know, when you first start learning how to play guitar, everything's very matter-of-factly. This is a D, and this is a G, and this is an A, you know, that sort of thing. But as you keep playing, you start learning some other things. You start learning different ways that guitar players play chords, like A. Like that's a really cool way of playing an A chord. You know what I mean? Yeah, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Victoria. Yeah, it is new. Um, it's just been a lot of fun to play. So creating a, Christian, just to answer your question, because I got so many questions to get to, but creating effective chord progressions, what I would recommend for you, unless I'm missing your, your question, because that's all I have from you, the, the primary six chords, one, four, five being major, like G, C, D, and then your two, three, six being minor, which is A minor, B minor, and E minor. Those are the ones that you're going to be able to create, you know, all of those kinds of songs from are those, those primary chords. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.